Hi, I'm Kelsey Zeiser. Welcome to What's the Story, a short podcast from Light Reading, where we take a step back from the most significant topics in telecom to tell you the latest news, how we got here, what it all means, and what to expect next. Today, I'm talking with Jeff Baumgartner about a new study shedding light on T-Mobile's fixed wireless access service. Jeff goes over some interesting highlights from the study, and we discuss what the future might hold for FWA. Hey, Jeff, welcome back to What's the Story? How's it going? Good. Good to be back here, Kelsey. How are you? Doing well. I'm slowly recovering from allergy hell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Your, your voice is sounding much better, though. Thanks. I'm like, it's it's still not 100%. Like, will mm-hmm. I ever sound like myself again? But we'll see. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Stay tuned for more. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so... You reported uh, recently on a um, study about um, T-Mobile and um, their fixed wireless access service. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about that study and, and what some of the highlights were? Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, I thought it was interesting to see some more analysis on T-Mobile's fixed wireless access service uh, come out in terms of where the, the customers are concentrated and how that fits into how uh, T-Mobile is managing uh, capacity on its network uh, to ensure it doesn't overwhelm the mobile service, you know, uh, which when you kind of look at both of them side by side, the mobile service does get uh, a lot more money per gigabit, but uh, so you don't want to trample on that. But um, uh, so Mava Nathanson came out with its uh, an analysis of new data from uh, OpenSignal and the big takeaway is that the service, T-Mobile service, continues to skew uh, into rural areas um, and that the bulk of T-Mobile's uh, fixed wireless subscribers are concentrated in areas where the mobile network shows uh, low or limited congestion. And, you know, just to give you an idea, like how concentrated, uh, just 4% of the zip codes uh, in the study were considered um, heavily loaded. Um, so I think if you look at that, like one takeaway is that uh, T-Mobile is doing a pretty decent job uh, managing its network for fixed wireless access. But um, I think it also zeroes in on a potential uh, limitation of the technology that uh, has been discussed quite a bit. Uh, you know, they have to be very careful uh, to only take customers for fixed wireless where the network can really handle handle them. So that fits into this bigger question as to whether uh, fixed wireless access can truly uh, scale, right? So, and I don't know if we know for sure on that one yet, but um, you know, fixed wireless is still a nice growth area for T-Mobile, uh, even if the, uh, the new subscriber numbers are the latest subscriber numbers are starting to decelerate a little bit, but uh, not to the point where the company is walking back uh, expectations that it'll have between uh, seven to nine uh, million uh, fixed wireless access subs by 2025. So, uh, you know, something to kind of keep an eye on, but um, I I thought it was another interesting look into how, you know, T-Mobile is trying to manage all this. 
Yeah. So overall, did they feel like, you know, T-Mobile has a pretty good um, strategy or approach to FWA? Did did they have any predictions in terms of, um, you know, you, you mentioned that the, I, I guess we'll have to wait and see um, in terms of the growth model, but um, yeah, are I, they pretty optimistic about it? Yeah, they, they you know, I think that the, the, they weren't making any uh, predictions one way or the other, you know, saying, well, hey, they, they, you know, we think it will scale or, oh, my gosh, you know, they're going to have to cap this thing uh, at some point. I think I think it's still kind of like this looming question out there. And um, you know, I think T-Mobile standpoint is, you know, we're we're in pretty good shape. But there was some discussion when I when I kind of when I posted it um, out on Twitter and I thought that uh, there were some observations that came out from others who were keeping an eye on what T-Mobile is doing. And it was a person that thought that um, fixed wireless access for T-Mobile is really gravy on top of uh, T-Mobile's mobile wireless business. Um, and I think that's true for now. Um, will there be enough capacity to keep that gravy flowing <laughs> for the longer term? Uh, again, I think that's more uncertain, but um, there was another interesting point that came out uh, in, in some of that, banter, you know, or, or reaction. And that is that the utilization trends could maybe tell T-Mobile where there's potential to deploy uh, fiber and, and maybe get a good return on it. You know, if there, if there's an area that's like, Hey, this is heavily congested. Maybe if we, if we do fiber here, that can help out. Um, I'm not sure how that will exactly fit hand in hand with the fixed wireless stuff, but uh, Mike Dano uh, did have a story this week about T-Mobile getting more active uh, with fiber in a couple of cities uh, here in Colorado. So uh, that's something that I think bears watching. Um, I think Mike was going to try to find out, like, where's the fiber coming from? <laughs> you know, is, is T-Mobile actually building it? Or are they uh, writing somebody else's fiber in these markets? Um, that I don't know yet, but... Uh, something to dig into for sure, but we'll have to see how, how that balances out because T-Mobile is definitely looking into that piece of the market too. Mm -hmm. And can you talk more about the, um, the scale issue? Is it that, uh, you know, customers aren't aware of the service or are interested in switching or is it always going to be kind of a niche market? Do they talk at all about that? Yeah, I, th I think one of the, uh, uh, the, the issue of scale in this instance has to do more about the amount of capacity that T-Mobile has to uh, support fixed wireless access subscribers beyond a certain level, right? Um, because you, you want to be able to give them the experience and the speed that they are paying for, but at the same time, you don't want to um, do it to the point where the mobile side of the, you know, the, the capacity it's used for mobile is getting squeezed out because that's, that's where they're making uh, the most money, uh, you know, per, per gigabit. So that, that's kind of the thing. It's like, do they have to put a collar on how many customers they can put on a certain uh, part of the service area? Um, and then on top of that, you know, if you look at the broadband usage trends, uh, you know, they continue to, to rise. So how do they also, 
uh, track with that, <laughs> with if uh, with the uh, with the capacity of it, if, if capacity becomes an issue. So, I think that those are kind of the areas where everyone's kind of keeping an eye on it and kind of wondering, you know, is this, you know, how much runway does this really have, uh, you know? And I think in the coming quarters, uh, we'll see. Well, I'm not sure how much it'll be have a uh, direct relationship, but you know, if subscriber numbers start to flatten out or, or slow down, you have to wonder if the capacity uh, piece of this is a reason. So I think still a question mark, but you know, something we'll be keeping an eye out for. Yeah, that's really interesting. I actually, I've been getting a bunch of um, like flyers in the mail for from them about um, home internet. And <laughs> so oh, yeah? it's been interesting. Yeah, I've never gotten that before. Are like, you uh, <laughs> considering it? Yeah, I mean, the, the price is pretty good. Yeah. I mean, it definitely looked like they, um, you know, we're, we're offering some pretty competitive prices. I think it's just tough because, um, you know, right now we have um, AT&T Fiber, and we've been really happy with that. And we thought about Google Fiber because that recently came to our neighborhood. But they were having oh, some. Yeah. Um we're watching them like lay the fiber, but then they, you know, we made appointments with them and then they're like, Oh, just kidding. It's not quite ready after all. Um, I think they were, yeah, they were having oh. some problems, um, which is understandable, you know, with a brand new uh, service. Um, but I kept seeing guys coming out at different points in the neighborhood working on it. Um, so I, th I think they've got it fixed now. Um, but I, because they sort of jumped the gun on trying to sign us up, I think we're a little bit more leery about trying it again. Um, and the, like I said, right. we've been happy with our service. So it's right. A, like, I was in the funnel and then yeah. you did this thing. <laughs> you know, uh, and then I kind of fell out yeah. of the funnel. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, it's, it's interesting. It sounds like, um, you're in a pretty highly competitive market, right? If AT&T has got fiber, there you're getting it and uh, Google Fiber is coming in. You've got T-Mobile providing another option. Uh, I don't know who the, the cable company is in your market, but I mean, I, I imagine they're, you know, they're trying to. Yeah. Spectrum keeps trying to get us back because, mm -hmm. you know, years ago we were on Time Warner um, mm -hmm. and we had some problems there. I remember I had to like, when I was rubbing, sorry, running some um, webinars for light reading, I had to go uh, like to a friend's office <laughs> to run it because the internet was down. Oh. I couldn't do it. And I was like, well, this is affecting, you know, my work. This isn't oh. good. Um, so we switched to AT&T and we've been happy with them. Um, or, or we did, you know, when Spectrum took over Time Warner, we were with them for a little bit and it just wasn't great experience, but I mean, they may have, you know, made some improvements since then, but that's gotta be tough for them. Cause I feel like once you lose a customer, you know, you'd have to like probably come over with like a bouquet of flowers and you know, like chocolates. and like Right. Really, yeah. How really do you kind of the sweeten the deal? Uh, over, you know? Literally. Yeah. Like woo them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, I think that that's going to be uh, the, the fun, I, I, I say fun in quotation marks, for, for some of these broadband operators, particularly in areas where maybe there's three or four 
decent options and uh, uh, trying to get them with uh, offers and promotions, you know, might get them in the door, but you know, what are they going to do when the promotion ends? Are they just going to fly away? And and then you're, you're left kind of holding the bag (laughs) on that thing and going, you know, retention is so important now. And I think that that's another reason why a company like Charter is one example is, uh, you know, really concentrating or focused on the combining home broadband with mobile, right? And because then it makes it a little bit harder to uh, get out of that bundle if, if you've really got them tied in because it sounds like, you know, video is not, doesn't have the same power in the bundle that it used to have, you know, but there's so many right. options and it's easy to, to bounce around over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, I, I think we're pretty fortunate to be in an area where there are so many options. Um, that's probably kind of unusual. And, you know, 10 years ago in this neighborhood, there weren't, it was really Time Warner was about it. Um, so it, it's, it's so interesting to me that, um, you know, in, in my mind, I thought maybe that would get like, it was always just going to be the one option. <laughs> so it's very interesting to watch it change. Yeah. Now you have all the power. <laughs> right. <laughs> I can choose. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I would like a puppy with my new service. <laughs> there you go. Think about what, <laughs> what it would take for me to change. I'm like, sorry, we don't. I'm sure a puppy would do it. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah for you, I, I would, I would, yeah, I would definitely take the puppy route for you, for your household. Yeah. <laughs> well, keep that, keep that in mind, all you carriers out there. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's probably some like moral issues with that, I'm sure. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm <laughs> Can't sure. be offering puppies. <laughs> no, well, they'd be you know they could maybe you know added to the door to door. They just have like a little <laughs> basket of puppies. And, you know, uh, but no, I mean, you're right. Maybe it may not work out, but it, it, it yeah. sounds like a good idea from a very, very, very high level. But, yeah, you fill into <laughs> yeah. the details, and everything just falls apart. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Please don't take my advice on marketing. I don't know what I'm doing in that capacity. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been fun, Jeff, and uh, really interesting. Um, I'm curious to see uh, how things pan out for them and uh, for T-Mobile and, and wireless access. So keep us posted. Thanks. All right. We'll do it. Thanks, Kelsey. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much, Jeff, for taking the time to talk today. And thank you as well to our amazing producer, Pierre Landrio for making this episode. Be sure to subscribe to the Light Reading Podcast for more interviews and insights from the team. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.